This is The Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Thursday, December 21, 2023. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. The case has been continued for a teenager charged in a Bushnell murder. 18-year-old David Purden was in court this week for a brief appearance. Public defender Stephanie Hilton asked for and was granted the continuance until mid-February. Purden and 18-year-old Nicholas LaFerry are each charged with first-degree murder in the death of 43-year-old Travis Purden in early June. Both teens have pleaded not guilty. After decades of outsourcing its transportation system, the Macomb School District is getting back into the bus business. Tri-State's Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. The school board this week agreed to proceed with acquiring 18 new buses for next school year. Currently, Durham School Services owns the buses and handles all of the district's transportation-related matters. Board member Kristen Terry pushed for the changes, yet... She was the only one who voted against the plan. She wants the district to do more than get buses. She wants to bring the entire system back in district. I think that you could hire a um, a general manager and have that general manager make the bus routes and stuff like that. Terry believes that could be accomplished in time for the start of next school year. Superintendent Patrick Toomey says the district could still decide down the road to bring the entire operation in-house. Third party contracting has its pros and cons, and the pros is all of those things are somebody else's headaches. Uh, uh, They belong to us when we bring them in-house. But I'm really uh, fairly neutral. Uh, I do think it's a board decision of what they think is best for the community. Toomey says the district will lease the buses for three years with the option to buy them after that. The first year cost will be around $640,000. All the buses will be brand new and will have the Macomb School District's name on them instead of Durham's name. Toomey says the current buses are 10 to 12 years old on average and are not in good shape. Rich Egger reporting. Half of the counties in Illinois are reporting elevated numbers of hospitalizations due to COVID-19. State Department of Public Health Chief Medical Officer Artie Barnes says the number of flu and RSV cases is also up. It seems like we are seeing slightly more hospitalizations than we did last year at around the same time. We are seeing a health system, though, that is better capable and better suited in dealing with that strain. Barnes recommends that people in high-risk groups get vaccinated for flu and COVID and to get an RSV vaccine if they're pregnant or over 60. She says people are at a greater risk if they're over 65 or have underlying conditions such as heart disease or medical treatment that weakens the immune system. Top Republicans in the Iowa House and Senate say they want to speed up existing income tax cuts. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sostarek reports. Iowa's personal income tax is already on track to drop to a flat 3.9 percent in 2026. But House Speaker Pat Grassley and Senate Majority Leader Jack Whitver say Republican lawmakers want to make that happen sooner. 
After that, Whitver says he's not sure if this will be the year the legislature accomplishes Senate Republicans' goal of eliminating the income tax. Grassley says for House Republicans, there are two driving factors that will determine if they push income tax rates below 3.9%. We obviously want to put ourselves in a position to give more money back to, to Iowans, but I don't think we should be lowering taxes if we can't maintain the commitment that we make, and I also don't think we should be raising taxes on Iowans to cut taxes. Income taxes bring in nearly half the state's revenue, and Democrats say the state would have to boost the sales tax to offset the loss of the income tax. I'm Katerina Sestarek, IPR News. Landmarks Illinois has awarded grants to 10 preservation projects across the state, including one in west-central Illinois. The Heritage Preservation Foundation in Beardstown will receive more than $1,600. The money will go toward an updated fire alarm system at the Beardstown Grand Opera House. It was built in 1872. Today, it's used as a retail and community theater space. Landmarks Illinois is a membership-based historic preservation nonprofit. The first person to enroll in and graduate from Spoon River College is making another mark at the school. Lynn McFeeters pledged $500,000 to establish a scholarship for students entering career and technical education programs. SRC says it's the largest gift an individual has ever given to its foundation. McFeeters graduated from the school in 1962 when it was known as Canton Community College. He went on to become the chief financial officer at Caterpillar. In our feature for today, for our Women's Voices series, commentator Aaron Evelyn explains the mental load and what you can do about it. Like many people, I'm on a quest to find balance. One of my biggest challenges has been work-life balance, mainly balancing working full-time and being a mom. Most working parents, not just moms, struggle to find the balance between work and family. Having to choose between work and family causes inner turmoil. While we do our best to put our family first, sometimes it's hard to do. It's a juggling act. My kids are teenagers. I've always worked full-time, and I've always struggled. When I entered the workforce and motherhood, I knew that staying home wasn't the right choice for me. I needed to work to feel fulfilled. Working has always brought me joy and made me a better mom, but still there's always the feeling of needing to be in two places at once. There were many years when my kids were little that my work schedule was rigid. It was hard to take days off for field trips or sickness. I never felt like I could take the time off to be with my kids. There was also the worry about my pay being docked. Six years ago, I left my previous job and took a huge risk to start The Hub, a nonprofit arts and cultural center. There were many reasons I wanted to run The Hub. I wanted to bring more arts and cultural opportunities to our area, but I also wanted to have more flexibility in my schedule. And I wanted to work in the town we live in. The first field trip I went on with my daughter was when she was in fourth grade. I was able to take the day off and not worry about it. My schedule allows me to attend almost every event in their lives now. When I have to miss something, my kids are the first to tell me it's okay. Mental load is a buzzword right now. It's what we use to describe invisible and tangible labor, both in the home and in the workforce. Planning events, setting up bill payments, and scheduling are just a few examples of mental load. Like most moms, I'm asked questions that most of the time could have been answered by just looking around or checking the calendar. These questions can be draining, 
especially when I'm constantly repeating myself. My kids are involved in a lot of after-school activities. My job requires me to work some evenings and weekends. I'm in charge of keeping and coordinating all of the schedules. It can be exhausting just thinking about my family's schedule and then having to add my work schedule to that. I carry the mental load for my family and for work. Most moms and women I know, working or stay at home, feel the effects of mental load. Carrying the weight of mental load can cause stress, sleep issues, and the constant feeling of being overwhelmed. This is a common story. The struggle of being torn between work and home and the weight of carrying the mental load takes a toll on us all. Whether it's a workload issue, a pay issue, or in my case, both, working parents have to make a choice. Most of us will feel the fatigue of carrying the mental load at one point or another. A few ways to help combat the effects from these issues are to delegate and communicate. It can be hard to ask for help, but if the work needs to be done, you don't have to shoulder the burden on your own. And yes, I know, sometimes it's easier just to do the work yourself than to ask others for help. Start small and work your way up to bigger tasks. Another way is to practice self-care. Make sure you schedule downtime for yourself. Do yoga, read, or do something else that will help you relax. It might seem counterintuitive because we're busy, but we can't take care of others if we don't take care of ourselves. These are reminders to myself as well. I don't have all the answers to these issues. They're some of my daily struggles. I think it's important to know that we are not alone in these feelings and that we acknowledge the turmoil of being torn between work and family and how heavy carrying the mental load can be. Erin Eveland is executive director of the Hub Arts and Cultural Center in Rushville. The opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Western Illinois University or Tri-States Public Radio. Diverse opinions are welcomed and encouraged. In the weather for our listening area for today, it should be cloudy with a high in the upper 40s. Rain is possible mainly after 4 this afternoon, and we expect southeasterly winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. For tonight, it should be cloudy with a low in the mid-40s, and rain is likely overnight. Here's a note for our regular listeners. The recap will not be available over the holidays, but will return to its daily schedule in the new year on Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.